Now, I am a big fan of Liam Neeson. Um, he's obviously a cottage industry. He's uh, got a movie out every year, which is broadly following the same. <laughs> he, I wouldn't want to be his wife or his daughter, put it that way. Uh, they, don't, they don't come off very well in anything he's done. But um, once you get hooked into these people like Jason Statham, you start to um, notice that there are quite a wide array of films that all get pigeonholed as the same thing. I, they recently had the Statham movies on, and there's a big gap between some of the movies. Like The Transporter, the first one, the Statham movie, was superb, really, really stylistically interesting. And then there are others that are just a bit naff. And that's been the way with Liam's films as well. I've had a lot of... Um, I mean, Taken 1 was brilliant um, and quite disturbing, actually, if you pay attention to it. He's not a good guy. Um, um, but the other ones were awful. Um, and for me, the other Liam Neeson movies have been more interesting. He was on a plane in one, on a train uh, in another one, uh, and they were both much better than the subsequent Taken movies. He did The Grey, where he was pursued by a wolf again. That was more interesting. And he was in one of the most acclaimed movies last year. I never reviewed it on the show. I would have given it at least uh, probably an 8.5 out of 10 uh, for Widows, which came out this time last year. I missed it. Um, but he's great in that. And um, again, playing against type. Uh, he can be the noble, honourable guy, or he can not. Um, and he was in a film that came out to a fairly muted but okay box office response called Cold Pursuit which is uh, by the director from Norway, Hans Peter Moland. And it's a remake of his film called uh, In Order of Disappearance, uh, which was on telly last night, which kind of preempted me. I said I'd review it last week and I never got there. Uh, this time around, there's an awful lot to recommend this movie, which is outside of the normal, uh, you know, Taken style of filming. Um, it's set in the Rockies in Colorado and one of the biggest pulls of the movie is the astonishing scenery throughout Liam Neeson plays a snowplow driver who's a pretty broken individual who's uh, a wrapped up ball of uh, tension and, and desolation but masquerading as just an honest Joe and he's married to Lorna, Laura Dern um, and they've got a, a teenage son. It's clear there's little inferences throughout the opening that their marriage isn't quite there and that um, there's some things going wrong. And what happens then is pretty shocking. His son, um, we're not 100% sure whether he was involved or whether he was just unlucky, but his friend ends up stealing a kilo of cocaine uh, from the airport uh, near the Rockies. It's sort of set around that whole... You get Denver as a city base, but also some remote sort of snowbound locations as well and one of the remote airports is a hub for cocaine trafficking and the guys working there know who's coming in and with what and they steal a, a kilo of coke which ends them both being uh, kidnapped and in Liam Neeson's son's case injected with heroin and left to die on the street uh, which is pretty brutal and that's the setup for the film because he then finds the other kid involved another 20 year old guy who tells him what's what happened and you know he's, he's he's really sorry that it happened and after that Liam Neeson becomes deaf wish he becomes this avenging angel all the while his own marriage is uh, completely disintegrating Laura Dern is acting weirder and weirder and more and more remote and blaming him more and more for her son's death and acting very very odd um, and she sort of uh, preempts him becoming focused with what's happening to um, get revenge. He 
He then starts working his way up this criminal organisation. Um, so he starts a, a, a guy that sells a lot of drugs in a club that he believes was responsible for his son's death and he basically tortures him to get the info of the next person in the chain hence this whole order of disappearance because it's basically death after death uh, going up the ladder um, and he eventually he's going to come up against the uh, the main villain who's the guy that runs the coke in the basically one of the biggest coke dealers in all of uh, Colorado um, and he's a particularly nasty piece of work played by Tom Bateman um, so Liam Neeson pursues this angle but the movie doesn't follow it all the way through around the halfway stage it goes from being this Liam Neeson death wish film where he's pursuing the people that killed his son to the people that he's pursuing making a terrible mistake which is their main rivals in the cocaine business who they've got a truce with that's lasted for decades are the native americans there's a particular tribe of native americans that have been in an uneasy alliance with these guys uh, led by uh, tom bateman as viking uh, the that's his name everyone's got a, a one known name in this film which is another conceit is a lot of uh, directorial conceit so everyone gets this like nickname throughout and every time someone dies it comes up on the screen with their nickname and the fact that they just died um he believes that it's the native americans that are killing off his men and he decides to take punishment out on the native americans for breaking the truce unfortunately for him the guy that they picked to brutally murder is the son of the chief and i'm not sure throughout the movie whether they ever realize why things have gone quite so bad so the second half of the movie, it almost sidelines Liam Neeson as he's progressing towards trying to get to the top guy, who is his ultimate goal. Um, but it's more about the Native Americans and the white criminals fighting this horrific battle where they're just taking chunks out of each other. Now, it, didn't, it got reasonably good reviews when it came out. Um, I think there's an awful lot to recommend this movie. Uh, for a start, Tom Bateman as the villain, once he takes over around the halfway stage, he's the star of the show. He is brilliant. He's a nasty, nasty man, but also he, he's really funny. He's just he's, he's just got this very, very weird way of looking at the universe. He's perpetually angry. He gets very angry if someone slides a chocolate bar into his son's lunch going to school, and he makes up these... He makes up this most appalling diet for his son to have. He's got an estranged wife and he basically orders her to make him eat chicken and broccoli three times a day and then the next day eat three of the same meals, very healthy meals all day long. And he's got this very weird universe. He's a very interesting... He's like the Apex B-movie villain for me. It's one of the best gangster portrayals I've seen in recent times. Laura Dern is criminally underused in this film. She's a brilliant actress. Um, but she's she's sort of sidelined. She appears sporadically in the first third and then he's gone and you never hear from her again. It's kind of an odd use of such a strong actress. Um, a lot of the side characters are very good as well. The villains, uh, the guy that plays Liam Neeson's brother's excellent in it as well. He's a bit more shady. Uh, and it becomes apparent that Liam Neeson's dad and the dad of the uh, gangster Viking were actually connected back in the day and that Leeson, Liam Neeson's family have a lot of dirt on their shoes. Um, obviously his brother was one of the enforcers for the previous administration of gangsters and so on. Neeson's fantastic. 
the thing that stands out most about this film is it's a black comedy. Um, it's uh, very unusual for like the Taken movies are so po-faced is there's no comedic element to them at all. This is this is a very dark comedy, and it uses horrible violence uh, in comedic ways. And Liam Neeson's interactions with the villains are extremely funny at times, and in a dark way. It's not like you laugh out loud. It's just it's amusing on a on a psychotic level. Um, I really liked it. I thought the scenery was breathtaking. The snow and the uh, mountains and the remote environs is is absolutely wonderful. A lot of the conceits are quite cool. The way that um, all of the killings are, are sort of pop up on the screen and. Uh, in the initial ones, Liam Neeson is always taking these bodies to this giant, beautiful waterfall to dispose of them. And he does all of this and no one's noticing. They have the local cops and there's a new woman that's joined the force. She's the only one that actually sort of thinks, why is all this happening? What's going on? And she gets half the way there. Um, and you know that it's going to end with a massive confrontation between the Native American criminals and the and the white criminals um, which is going to be a bloodbath, and you kind of know that from the start anyway, um, where Liam's basically facing off against everybody. Um, there's also a very strong performance by a very acclaimed Native American actor. Um, I'm just looking... Is it Dominic Lombardozzi? No, it's not him. Oh, I can't find his name now. He's one of the most famous. You'll have, uh, he was in uh, Last of the Mohicans, uh, and he was um, recently, I think he was given some special Lifetime Achievement Award uh, for his portrayals in multiple movies, but I can't actually find him in the cast listing, which is weird because he's one of the most famous actors in there. Um, but all the side characters are good. Uh, nothing overstays its welcome. If I've got complaints... Um, I think that would be the same ones that were levelled at the Norwegian original. Not everything sticks. And because of the way it's set up, it can be very disjointed in the fact that it's got sort of like the Death Wish side of the movie that then gives way completely to a gangster standoff movie. Um, but mostly it works. I think it works virtually all the way through. Um, some of the stuff that happens is a little far-fetched, but... Honestly, if you like Liam Neeson films and want something different from him and having him play such a dark role, and it is a really dark role, to a comedic effect, is actually a really welcome bow, I think. And having the scenery is, is stunning. It's just, it looks amazing throughout. Even the people's homes look amazing. Very Norwegian, I'd say. Very Nordic that they would have such stylish homes up against these sort of glaciers and everything else. So I really enjoyed it. I've seen it a couple of times, and I think it's well worth hunting down. It's vastly superior to the like Taken 2 and 3, and I think a little bit superior to the um, other films that Neeson's done where he's, you know, he's put in an environment where he's, he's got to kill everyone by the end of the film to get free or to save his family. I think it's superior to most of those. Um, it does fall down a little bit here and there, but I still really liked um, Cold Pursuit. I'm going to give 7.5 out of 10. And if you like the genre, I would say then you would like it more than the 7.5 out of 10. Well worth catching Cold Pursuit. Uh, this is interesting. I mentioned the Ride album that came out in August before they played in Sydney. Had some really experimental...